0: Welcome everybody to the loudest podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Asterios Kokodos. With us as always is Sriracha. Hello. Okay, so a uh, quick bit of news at the top. Just a couple hours before we started recording, Gab got hacked. All of it. All of it got hacked through like a classic sequel injection. The, uh, the leader of Gab, the founder, uh, president of Gab is this guy named uh, Andrew Torba. And, uh, and he went out in front of the media today, and he blamed this hack on a bunch of demonic and then a horrible slur for trans people. <laughs> and so in order to, uh, to get back at him, uh, the hackers, they were like, we're going to release pieces of your porn folder, Andrew <gasps> Torba of Gab. We're going to release pieces every hour on the hour until you pay a ransom i assume it's bitcoin i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know so i mean i guess the first question is like how much would you pay to stop someone from getting from spreading your porn folder to the whole internet
1: Okay, just to clarify, this is porn, not porn he has made of himself. It is porn that he keeps in a special jerk-off folder to jerk off to, right? We
0: don't know. Isn't that what makes it so sexy?
1: That, yeah, no, that that makes my heart skip a little beat there. Because, like, if you find nudes on me, good luck to you. You're probably not going to see anything worth seeing. But, oh, no, if you go on my search history, <laughs> that's, that'll kill me. That'll ensure that I can never run for office again.
0: I know. I'm trying to think, like, I'm trying to think, like, would I give someone everything I own, half of everything I own? Like, I would give them something to stop them from finding out what makes this boomer tick, what gets this boomer where he's got to go, what revs my engine. Whatever you want, I'll pay. I swear to God.
1: I think I would give them up to half of my cryptocurrency stack, which is a lot of money. Well, I
0: know you're 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 rolling deep. Oh, okay. crypto rolling.
1: Crypto crypto
0: update. How are things going? How is your how are how is your holdings? Oh, because GameStop is up, right?
1: Yeah, it's up to like 1:30 today, right? I don't know what it closed at, but it was 1:30 during the middle of the day.
0: All right, well that's well that's really exciting. So you're still holding strong.
1: Of course I am. No, I will literally, literally, I told Robin Hood, you give me $750 a share and I'll think about releasing this beautiful game, Stonks, into the wild.
0: This is a strategy that I had not counted on because I did no research and immediately panic sold. The class action lawsuit grift. People are hanging on to their GameStop stocks going like, look, it may not be worth much now, but it'll be worth a fortune when we all sue Robin Hood.
1: Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. Is that a thing that's gonna happen? People are
0: saying it on the internet, so it means it's absolutely true.
1: <gasps> yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. I'm just holding for the meme, but I, <laughs> I like it when memes make money. Back to the porno thing. Here's a here's a little here's a little hint for my ladies out there. You would be fine searching on my computer for postings, but you would not be fine searching for literature, if you know what I mean, ladies. Oh. <laughs> that, that one's for you girls out there.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, look, we all know you're a very prolific erotica artist. After all. Yeah, that's true. You're, uh, you know, you wrote, you're the woman who wrote "Tight at the Museum,
1: And love across lines. (laughs) That title still makes absolutely no sense.
0: I really like it. To kick things off, the ninety-day fiance phenomenon is getting even bigger. It's it's so good. (laughs) It's it is insane. Like like listeners, it's like there's a secret. There's like a secret going through the culture. If you're listening to this. I'm almost positive you don't watch 90 Day Fiancé. I'm positive your mom does, your sister does, your girlfriend, your girlfriend's mom, your teacher. They're, 90 Day Fiancé is such a money-making juggernaut that it is, they've launched a streaming service that's pretty much just, hey, here's more 90 Day Fiancé content for you.
1: Like, Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, It's 90 Day The Single Life, 90 Day uh, What Now or Happily Ever After. Dude, I watched some of 90 Day The Single Life today. It's so funny that you brought that up. And they can do shit on that show that they can't do. Like, they're pushing it, I think, as, like, 90 Day Fiance, the uncensored Netflix version. Because, like, I was watching the first episode. It's very sexual. It is very sexual. Like, um, at one point... They film one of these girls that was on the show going to a sex store and, like, waving around giant dildos, and none of it is censored. Also, they could say the fuck word. And for people who may not be
0: familiar, what's the premise of straight-up flagship 90-Day Fiance?
1: Okay, so there's this thing, or there used to be this thing, I don't know if they still are doing it in times of COVID, called the K-1 visa. And what the K-1 visa is, is it's a license you get that you can bring, like, a spouse from another country. Like, I went to college with a girl who met a guy in Scotland when uh, she was studying abroad, and they're getting married, and they're bringing him over here on a K-1 visa. Now, the catch on the K-1 visa is that from the date that you are approved for it, from the date that you land in America, I should say, you have exactly 90 days to get married. And if you don't get married in 90 days, then your visa expires and you have to ship off your Ukrainian girlfriend back to, like, fuck off Kiev or <laughs> wherever she came from.
0: So me and Sriracha have been watching 90 Day Fiance. And if you, uh, you've been watching it with your mom and dad...
1: I have. I watched it with my mom and dad this week. My dad got all frustrated and left in the middle of it. It's not not his thing. Not his thing. But can I just say thank you for watching this with me and not bitching about it the whole time?
0: Oh, yeah. It's just like, this is Marvel for girls, guys out there.
1: This is Star
0: Wars for girls. This is wrestling for girls. And it's just like, yeah, they know it's stupid, but they watch it anyway. Um... Because some of these couples are completely insane. Like, my favorite, uh, what's the name of the, of the blonde woman in her 50s who's clearly on pills?
1: Oh, Steph. Stephanie is fucking Xanax queen. I don't think she's been on a scene completely sober yet. Dude, she was on this most recent episode. She was, like, barely coherent.
0: <laughs> I know. She was just, like, ranting and raving and rambling. Um... So, uh, Stephanie is like this 50 year old woman. She's an esthetician. I don't know what that is, but they make a lot of money. She's also very good at the hula hoop. And so, her thing was she was kind of like, I'm going to like see if I can like buy like a 25 year old boyfriend.
1: Right. Here's the whole Steph's whole thing. Okay. Imagine sex tourism. But it's a lady this
0: time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly right. So, uh, so, uh, so, like, she finds this guy, and she's like sending him thousands of dollars a month and buying him Rolexes, and then he always like quote loses the Rolex.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. When she shows up, she's like, here, Ryan. She's got this awful Midwestern accent, too. Sounds like fucking, if you just injected someone with Minnesota, that's what Stephanie sounds like. But she's like, here, Ryan, I got you two more $5,000 watches. I know you lose them lot." I was like, oh, bitch, he is selling those the second you leave. Was he ever caught cheating on her? I want to say yes, but not on this trip because Steph is like super paranoid that he's gonna cheat on her, and I think he did cheat once because she also cheated on him. Yeah, this is like I told you, this is this is this is our players that we have. These are our Shonen heroes that we can follow this season. So she cheated on Ryan. Ryan is the name of her 24-year-old boy toy in Belize. She uh I think Ryan cheated on her first and then so she called up Ryan's cousin Harris and immediately just wham, bam thank you ma'am.
0: Yeah, like she like she she fucked this guy's cousin like right away like a revenge seeking missile. But that's that's all in the past. They've decided to like you know, put the past in the past and try again. So, so she gets to uh, his home country. This guy, and the guy won't have sex with her. And she's like, she's like, why won't you have sex with me? I've spent all this money. Uh, like, uh, don't I have enough good girl points to get to get even a crumb of dick?
1: Ryan, you haven't stuffed my sausage roll yet. <laughs>
0: And uh, she starts going through his phone like, to, like, see if see if uh, she can find evidence of infidelity. He's too smart. He's clearly deleted, like, all of his messages. Oh,
1: you can totally tell that he deleted all of that shit because you can tell that she has done this before. You can just tell that he's, like, a clean as a whistle because the first thing out of his mouth is, like, yeah, bitch, check my phone. See what happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, like, this lady's like, phone check. Like, it's a prison or something. Like, some kind of boarding school.
1: Then they go out to dinner and she gives him her mother's ring and is like, you're going to propose with this, okay? And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever, bitch. So then they go back to the hotel and they start banging. And Stephanie is like incredibly pissed off at him because at dinner she told him about the psychic that told her, that. because Stephanie, of course, has a psychic that tells her uh, that Ryan has another woman in his life. And so it's like, how do you defend yourself against? (laughs) That you can't (laughs) like a serious fight came up to you, was like, Hey, I have a magical lady, and my magical lady said that you're cheating on me. Like, what do you say? What can you say (laughs) to that? So then they go back to the hotel and they start fucking, and he doesn't put a condom on and she gets, she's infuriated, which that's really bad. That's really bad. You should not have done that. But she starts screaming and chases him out. And then she smashes all the balloons that uh, she bought for him. And then she immediately calls up cousin Harris again.
0: She's like, well, I've got this room all to myself. And, you know, I just don't think I should be alone right now. And so she calls up cousin Harris Cousin Harris hops on a boat and then a train, and then a bus. (laughs) He spends like seven hours in transit to go fuck this lady for a weekend.
1: Like fucking Odysseus after the pussy. He has crossed land, sea, and air to get to Stephanie's zanned out pussy. And by the way, she is high as hell this entire time. I don't know if she's drunk or if she's like mixing the zannies and the alcohol, but she is like off this planet. You could just tell.
0: It is it is so, so entertaining. And she, you know, and she just keeps saying things like, you know, I, I would just really like some comfort right now. And uh, I'm all alone in this foreign country. And, like, I could really... Just use a friend, and it's like this lady keeps coming up with all these weird TV euphemisms for hate fucking her fiance's cousin out of spite on international television
1: and the brand new streaming service Discovery Plus. If she's like, "Oh, I could really use some comfort right now," cousin Harris is like, "I'm on it."
0: (laughs) So, like, so, so there's that fucked up couple. Then there's this other fucked up couple. What's the one with the lady who's looking for the ring?
1: Natalie. Natalie's a fucking nut bar. So Natalie is a woman from the Ukraine who is dating this guy named Mike. And Mike and Natalie, I had pretty high hopes for them on the last season that they were on because they, for whatever fucking reason, they seemed like they like each other. But then Natalie got very pissed off at Mike because, and I shit you not, I'm not making this up, at dinner she was like, You need to get baptized because I am a Catholic and I can't marry you. Or like our marriage isn't legit in the eyes of God or whatever if you're not baptized. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I don't want to get baptized. And she's like, why? And he says, because I don't really believe in God. And that's like implodes Natalie's brain. She starts like yelling at her. He's like, she's like, well, you believe in nothing? You believe we just come from monkeys or something? And he's like, no, I think there's ancient aliens out there.
0: Just when I thought I couldn't like this guy anymore. Okay.
1: So he doesn't believe in God, but he does believe in ancient aliens. And this is just too much for Natalie, who takes her engagement rings off and just nails him with it. And that really, really hurt Mike's feelings. So Mike, for whatever fucking reason, brings her over on a K-1 visa to presumably get married because so many of these couples just treat this 90 days like a dating period. It's not. It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be you have three months to plan your wedding and walk down the aisle. It's not supposed to be getting to know somebody, period. But um, he will not give Natalie her ring back. And Natalie is paw with a capital P. She spends her days uh, cleaning the house and going on a scavenger hunt <laughs> for her <a> wedding ring <laughs> around Mike's house. I assume the reason
0: Natalie threw that ring was that she caught the guy cheating or something. Not that the guy didn't believe in... Catholic God, but rather blip blorp gloop glop God.
1: <laughs> Ancient aliens. <laughs> Ancient
0: alien. Oh, okay. oh, I'm sorry to be so, so heretical. Um, d- didn't believe a gleep glorp as opposed to our totally real Catholic God who had a kid who could levitate on water and uh, could come back from zero HP whenever he wanted. Um, exactly. Yes. So, all right. So that's why she threw the ring. So, like, she throws the ring. It's months later, and he hasn't given her the ring back. And she keeps going to the camera, like, I'd feel way more comfortable if, if I had my ring back. I wish I had my ring back. I'd have some security if I had my ring back. So, while the guy's at work, she, like, tears apart his house <laughs> looking for the ring. Like, some sort of awful emotional baggage scavenger hunt. As if, like, if she finds the ring and puts it on, she's, like, safe. Now you have to marry me.
1: I found yeah, the ring. Yeah, I found fucker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw somebody comment that because I troll the 90 Day Fiance Reddit's too. Like, uh, Natalie's on his search for this fucking ring like she's Dobby. And if she finds it, all of her problems will be solved. Yeah, it's really, really sad. <laughs> you could tell that Mike already had one foot out the door on this relationship when she got there because that dude, like, if you watch the interviews of him finding out, she's like, oh, I got my visa. He's like, great. <laughs> he doesn't give a shit no mike uh is an asshole he needs to just send her back or he needs to tell her that he's not interested in getting married because she has made it very clear that she expects to get married within these 90 days and in my opinion i don't think mike really wants to do that
0: i think mike is really hoping that the that he will be saved by the bell on this because like she's always like When's the, like, you know, let's set a date for the wedding. Like, let's figure out, Are we? is it going to be a big wedding? Are we going to go to the courthouse? And he's, he's always like, ah, oh, do we have to plan this now? Like, hey, dude, why, why don't we see how things go? And it's like, dude, you've only got 90 days to do this. Otherwise, she has to fuck off back to Europe. Like, he, like he just won't be straight with this girl. He, like, he is just really hoping that, like, the 90th day will roll around and he'll be like, Oh, well, I, I, we tried. It's not my fault. It's the government's. I'm a good guy.
1: My theory right now is that he's going to wait till he's trying to run out the clock on this. And then he's either going to ghost her or break up with her over text.
0: <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds right. And then there's also the, there's like a ton of scintillating sexual chemistry Between Mike and his barber?
1: He needs to just fuck his barber. (laughs) Can you tell listeners about that? Uh, I don't remember the barber's name, but there's this chick that cuts Mike's hair. And there's multiple scenes of him going to get his hair cut more often than I think uh, most men get their hair cut. Mike visits his barber. And there's just like an insane amount of sexual tension between them.
0: And she'll say things like, she'll be very direct. She'll be like, well, if things don't work out, you know, maybe you and I could get together. Ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, it's like is it, you think you're joking? Like, do, you, do you, are you think you're being coy about this? You were not being coy about this. I, I, so uh, what are some of the other couples? Uh, what else is happening in the 90 Day Fiance Verse this
1: season? Uh, Jovi and Yara. Jovi and Yara own. Uh, <laughs> Yara is my favorite person on TV now at this point. after the So uh, Yara is another Ukrainian woman, surprise, surprise, who is dating this dude named Jovi. And Jovi is what, like 27, 30, somewhere in that zone and he's uh, an alcoholic <laughs> and he's drunk every fucking time, like every scene that he's in. In the most recent one, and I was giving him a little slack too because the big scene that they were like, you're a fucking alcoholic, is he gets drunk at eight in the morning, but like he's getting off a plane. Who doesn't drink on a plane?
0: <laughs> yeah, I I thought she was really jumping on him on that one. But then like a couple of episodes later, She's like, "You're drunk," and he's like, "I've only," he, he says, and I quote, "Like I've only had five beers," <laughs> and it's like, "That's you at least got a cop to being tipsy or buzzed." Like, like you can't, you can't uh, claim that you're not at all drunk after your five beers deep. In New Orleans.
1: Yeah, and Yara, by the way, is also knocked up. So uh, she's getting thrown this party, this party, this non-consensual engagement party by Jovi's family. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go to this, but Jovi, don't get drunk. (laughs) you got to stay with me and hang out with me. And he's like, yeah, babe, Uh, guess what happens? It's so funny. They have this interview outside of the bar, and I can totally recognize the look on Jovi's face as Yara is sitting there just giving him the dressing down of his life. And I can hear his inner monologue of, be sober, be sober, be sober. (laughs) Because I have done that so many times in my life.
0: (laughs) Jovi, like... Kind of abandons her at this party in a strange country filled with pe- nobody she knows because it's like it's all of his friends at the party she's from europe he's from new orleans like everyone there knows him uh he's getting wasted she didn't want to have the party in the first place jovi's parents like insisted and he also just seems like he is not into her because she was like i'm pregnant and he was like prove it to me I need to...
1: Oh, yes, I forgot about this. Oh, my God. You
0: need to go out and buy a second pregnancy test, and I need to watch you urinate on the test, (laughs) and then I will judge whether or not you're pregnant. And he, like, he watches her like it's some sort of prison or Olympic drug test. Like, he watches her pee-pee on the stick because he's like, you're lying to me. You're lying to me about being pregnant. It's like, is this someone you want to marry? Someone who you think is going to... Lie about having an oopsie baby?
1: She has had an oopsie baby, or not had an oopsie baby, but she got accident pregnant at some point while they were uh, on vacation together, and then she had a miscarriage, and Jovi is such an asswipe. He's like, "Mm, maybe she was just trying to come to America. Maybe she just tried to trap me with a fake baby. It's like, Jovi, shut the fuck up.
0: Both Jovi and Jovi's parents, they're all under the impression, because this girl is a 10. She is like an influencer 10.
1: This girl... She's really good looking. This
0: girl... She's not only, like, very good looking, she's also very good with makeup, has very good style, dresses very well, and, and like, takes photos of herself very well on Instagram. She's so good at Instagram photos that her fiancé's dad is, like, Hey, I've been uh, looking at your Instagram, and you gotta calm things down. Like uh, you're like you're sending off the wrong signal on Instagram. I'm seeing those hot little feet of yours all over the place, and you're she- you're <laughs> showing the girls, and you're really getting us boys riled up.
1: It really makes me embarrassed, Yara, that I pop a bone every time I open my social media. <laughs> Both
0: Jovi and Jovi's parents are like, there's got to be something up because there's no way a girl as beautiful will want me. She clearly just wants a ticket to America. Even though Yara has said like 20 times, I would prefer to live in Europe. I came here to marry you in a perfect world. You would come back to Europe with me. I don't like America.
1: She threatens to go back to the Ukraine, I think about once an episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. She, just, she doesn't like America. She's just like, there's a lot of shooting here, Jovi. Everybody's drunk and everybody's killing each other. And it's like, well, it's kind and of hard to argue And everybody throw with. up
1: in the road. Yeah, it's like,
0: hmm, ladies making some points. On the other hand, Mardi <laughs> Gras. I
1: fucking love Mardi Gras. Woo!
0: Um, so what do you think's going to happen with Jovi and Yara?
1: Um, I predict... That they will stay together in this unhappy marriage forever. I think a lot of them do end up actually getting married. But I think that if I had to, like, make a tier list Mm -hmm. of people that I thought would get married, like, at the absolute bottom would be Stephanie. (laughs) Right. Yes. And they would be near the top. They would be, like, B tier, second only to... Julia and Brandon, the farm boy.
0: We have not talked about Julia and Brandon yet.
1: Oh, okay. So uh, Julia is a girl from Russia, and she has a dream, and her dream is to marry this uh, strapping young man who is 28 years old and still lives with his parents, his parents who I cannot stand because they uh were in under the impression that they were going to get a Russian slave and what they got is this girl with opinions and thoughts and who doesn't necessarily want to take care of fucking farm animals all day. So uh at one point they start talking about how they're going to have their wedding date. They're thinking about March 16th, which I guess or May, I don't remember the exact date, but <laughs> the mom starts is like but that's Mother's Day. You can't get married on Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, she's one of those. (laughs) So these two
0: young people are like, they're living with the parents on this farm. And the guy also has a second job. He's also like a pest control guy. So he wakes up in the morning, farms for his parents for free. Then he goes and kills rats. Then he comes (laughs) home and he's exhausted, And when you're on the K1Vs, you're not allowed to work. Like, you are not allowed to. You're not allowed to have a job. So she just has to, like, stay alone in her room all day on the farm. And the parents are, like, bitching at her for not doing farm chores. And she's like, that's kind of not why I came to America. I came here because I love your son, not because I love, like, rounding up pigs and hogs and chickens and shit. And uh, the parents won't let them sleep in the same bedroom. And this girl, like, she has serious needs. This girl. Oh, yeah.
1: She wants to get dicked down. And, like, she talks about it every single episode. She's like, I want to get dicked down and I don't want to wear cotton.
0: Yeah, she, like, she's always like, I don't want to go out to dinner with your parents. I want us to have time. Like, I want us to have time in the morning. When you come home, you're too tired for us to have time. And it's like, or she's a Russian go-go dancer, and she wants this guy to go, go, stir it up in her pussy. Oh, and then the other thing is, he refuses to put a condom on because he says it doesn't feel good. Which, of course, leads to, like, an immediate pregnancy scare.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I love that. How the big focus of the first two episodes is, yeah, we just don't like condoms. And they're like, what? She could be pregnant?
0: There's all this weird controlling stuff with the parents where the parents are like, we don't want you guys sleeping in the same room because we don't want... uh, her to get pregnant. We uh, we uh, don't trust you guys not to be fucking all the time to get her pregnant. The very first scene we see Brandon in, he's playing Nintendo Switch in the back of his mom's minivan. He is 28. And As
1: they are talking about taking Julia to the doctors who get birth control.
0: <laughs> and the mom's like, no, I just want to let you know when your, when your Russian fiance c- comes over here, we're going to have to get her on the pill. It's like, she's not a dog or a cat you can't just like lively talk about getting her fixed like she's a human being but uh, Brandon's like yeah yeah I know and he's not paying attention he's playing the Nintendo Switch so the first time the mom and dad meet this Russian girl the very first thing they bring up is birth control and she's like this is weird it's weird that you're talking about my, bro- it's weird that you're talking about this right away. Like we just met. We're in the we're in like a Howard Johnson diner, and you're talking to me about whether or not I'm on the pill. That's weird, guys.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. No, you could just talk about neutering me. <laughs> Welcome to America. We're gonna neuter you, spay you.
0: <laughs> but then the thing is, they almost get pregnant. So now I'm kind of like, wow, this guy's parents are awful and controlling, and we're also correct. Now I don't know how to feel about any of this.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like anybody involved in this couple except for Julia. Julia needs to find somebody that will wear a condom.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, Julia deserves way, way better. Julia's pretty cool, actually. Are, are there any couples we've missed?
1: No, I think those are all the interesting oh, ones. Oh
0: no, no, no! There's the the last one is um. All right, there's this absolute fedora tipping ham beast guy, like shorts, flip flops. 10 o'clock shadow, the whole deal. He's managed to convince, like, a pretty attractive French girl to marry him.
1: Oh, yeah, Andrew, the literal neck beard.
0: (laughs) If you've ever seen, like, the meme of the fedora-tipping guy going, man, like, that is what this guy looks like. But then COVID strikes, and now she can't get to America from France. So Andrew's like, well, I've got a great idea. Let's meet up in Mexico. And then kind of like sneak you back in over the border to Mexico.
1: What could possibly go wrong?
0: He keeps saying things like, I've done a lot of research. People do this all the time. I've really done my homework. I've really done my research. Meaning, I don't know. He saw strangers talking about this on Twitter. So what happens the moment she gets to Mexico? She is immediately arrested by the Mexican immigration police. And she's put in a jail cell for two days. And then she's shipped right back to France. The whole time... This Andrew guy is at a very nice Mexican resort, just like walking around with his head on his hands. He's like, "Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs>
1: I don't know what to do. I've tried literally everything. <laughs> now I need a cheeseburger." <laughs>
0: yeah, and and, it, and it's he's he's like, "Oh no, I've called I've called everyone I could possibly call. I've done everything I could possibly do without leaving the resort and going down to the airport that I knew she's gonna go to. Well." better get a massage, and then it cuts to like him getting like, a full-on body massage, or him like windsurfing, and he's saying shit like, well, you know, it's really stressful that I don't know where my fiancé is. I better engage in some self-care. By the way, listeners, if you call it self-care, stop. Whatever you're doing, just stop. If you're calling it me time, just stop. Go eat the cheeseburger, okay? Just don't lie to yourself that like <laughs> that you're engaging in a little bit of self-care. Ooh, I'm gonna have a cheat day. I'm gonna be bad. Just shut up and eat the French fries.
1: Eat your goddamn French fries, you ham beast. Yeah,
0: exactly. So she calls him from France, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm absolutely traumatized. It was horrifying. They took my phone. They didn't tell me when I'd be able to leave. They didn't tell me what I was charged with. Uh, they took like her." jewelry and stuff they took like a bunch of stuff so that she couldn't hang herself she was like we're in a freezing cold cell we all had to huddle up together for warmth during a pandemic when you shouldn't be huddling and he's like oh my god babe oh i'm so sorry
1: oh my god babe no you want to try again
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then and then he's like why don't we try this again but this time in the Sudan. We'll go to the Sudan, we'll book a vacation, and then we'll try to sneak you back across the border. They're trying to use some sort of vacation exception that I think pretty much only exists in this guy's head. Or he read it on 4chan or Reddit or something.
1: It seems like Andrew has not done one iota of research on this, and also it's Serbia, it's not Sudan. I don't think you're allowed to travel to Sudan, are you? I
0: I don't know. Serbia, okay.
1: Yeah, so same shit. Just now she's going to be in a Russian prison.
0: So this lady goes to her dad and the lady's like, yeah, we're thinking about trying the Sudan this time. And the dad's like, if you do this, I will never talk to you again. Uh, I thought you died. This guy is not good for you. This guy didn't do anything to get you out of prison and then like cuts to him eating french fries off a shitty little <laughs> off, like a shitty little paper plate in a shitty mexican resort and she's like yeah i don't know what to do
1: poor amira everybody in amira's life is like don't do this like don't do this and she's like i just don't know i'm so torn
0: the people that cast on this show feel like they have no choices or agency in their life like Yara's just like, well, this guy's an alcoholic who spends a lot of time at strip clubs, but I guess I got no choice but to marry him and move to a country I hate. And this other girl's like, well, uh, th- this this dude had me come over here and he's clearly not in love with me, but I guess I have no choice but to spend 90 days with him in a shitty shack in Seattle. It's like they've all got Hamlet syndrome or some sort of, something that stop something where like they cannot get out of the way of a speeding car full of consequences. They are like, deer in the headlights for 90 days on national television.
1: I think the wanting to be on national television is a big part of it.
0: <laughs> you don't think that somebody would give up their dignity just for a paycheck and a chance at being internationally famous, being able to uh, parlay that fame into a, a, an OnlyFans account that makes over $150,000 a year, do you?
1: Just a crumb of OnlyFans money, please.
0: <laughs> Can you talk about the OnlyFans thing before we go to break?
1: Oh, dude, so many of them have OnlyFans now. Uh, I have seen every so often on 4chan, uh, where I, the number one spot for porn, 4chan, people have a 90-day fiancé sluts thread, and that's the only way that I've seen the pictures. I don't actually buy them. But Larissa has some good 90, or not 90, Larissa, you know who Larissa is? I do not. Okay, so Larissa was this hot Brazilian girl who came over here and was like, where the f- fuck are my boobies? You said you would buy me everything. The guy's like, oh, yeah, actually I am just a computer tech guy and I make $40,000 a year and she's like, fuck you, (laughs) Colt. So she got to stay in America, and now she opened an OnlyFans. And I think hers is probably the most successful OnlyFans. She claims to make like $40,000 a month. I don't know if I believe that, because everybody I've ever talked to that has an OnlyFans is making, is in the top 1%. But her pictures are pretty good. Hang on, let me see. Do you want to see some? Of
0: course. Uh, I mean, if you insist.
1: I do. I do. Right, let me pop up. oh, oh, oh. We are looking at Larissa Lima's uh, nudes. Do you like? look at look at how fucked up that tit job is. She has like the worst nipples <laughs> I've
0: ever seen. Her boobs look like they've been rendered by the quake engine.
1: <laughs> that is a very specific if you open up the one of her in the blue lingerie and you like open it in a new tab you can see like the outline where the surgeon like just stuffed that cabbage roll full of sausages
0: yeah um, it looks real gross this <laughs> that is, it does this is all bad but I can see some 90 day simp shelling out big bucks to see the goods I can absolutely I can see a lot of women doing it just to be like oh I'll be bad oh I'll spend forty dollars let's splurge let's live a little and see this lady's goober
1: <laughs> I mean it's a pretty good goober comparatively speaking to the other cast members that you usually see on this show she's got a pretty good body
0: yeah not not bad oh well good for her well anyway listeners that is your 90 day fiance update. We will be right back after this with more of The Loudest Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to The Loudest Podcast. It has been a long, long time since I've tried to read a book.
1: <laughs> Tell me more.
0: Not like a comic book or the or the manual to Cyberpunk 2077, but like a capital B book. It's been years since I've tried to read a book. And... So I decided to crack open a classic piece of literature, this book called The Death of WCW. It's a book about the world's most successful professional wrestling company and how they pissed away millions of dollars in like a span of a couple of years.
1: Oh fuck yeah, tell me everything.
0: Okay, all right. so there's this company named WCW and they have literally everything going for them. They're owned by billionaire Ted Turner, a man who loves wrestling. They're on TBS and TNT in the 90s when there was a lot fewer options for cable. They were on really good time slots like Monday at 8 o'clock, Saturday at 8 o'clock, Thursday at 8 o'clock, primetime television. They had a blank checkbook that allowed them to buy any wrestler they wanted, like they immediately bought like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Brett the Hitman Hart, Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash, just like any wrestler they wanted they could buy. And they had a lineage and a title belt that dated back 125 years. <laughs> So this, Holy crap. Yeah, so this company had like over a century of equity. And in just a couple of years, they went bankrupt. And they were sold for like $3 million to their oh biggest competitor. Yeah. And the reason I started reading this book is that I saw a tweet by the book's authors. And they were like, hey, our book has actually just today made more money than WCW was sold for <laughs> back in the year 2000s. Our book is more successful than they were. And I was like, okay, I'll buy the book. That's a really You've good... you
1: sold me. you sold, sold me, me.
0: Brian Alvarez. I'll buy your book. So the question, of course, is like, why did they go under? They went under because they had terrible, terrible ideas. Let's start off with a guy named General Hugh... G-rection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hit. That didn't slap. That's hysterical.
0: <laughs> His uh, previous name was Hugh Morris, but he was like, no one takes me seriously with this name. Like, I'm just trying to go out there and wrestle and compete. They're like, you got it. We'll call you Hugh G-Rection. Um, <laughs> they had a woman just named Woman who I actually thought was pretty cool. They had Hulk Hogan... They also had Hulk Hogan's real-life shitty nephew, Horace Hogan. One of my favorite, and by favorite I mean most horrifying, and not at all my favorite, WCW wrestlers. So WCW had a wrestler named The Final Solution.
1: Oh my god.
0: Now would you like to guess what year this wrestler uh, wrestled in?
1: I am going to say 1965. Later. 1980. Later. Oh, no. 1994.
0: <laughs> Later. 2000- 1996.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> In the year 1996, they had an evil Nazi wrestler named The Final Solution.
0: And people kind of got a little bit upset about it.
1: So the- I-, I could imagine. I could imagine. So
0: the wrestler, Robert Swenson, had to be like, I had no idea what that meant. I didn't know, but don't worry, people. I'll fix everything. And he just changed his name to the ultimate solution. And everyone's like, no, that's <laughs> fine. That's totally cool.
1: Yeah, sure. Give it away. Yeah, it's not technically the words anymore. So you're good. You're clear.
0: So I started like, just looking into some of my favorite terrible wrestlers. Like, For example, there's a wrestler named Kim Chi. Would you care to guess his nationality?
1: Is he Korean?
0: No, he's an Italian guy from Brooklyn. He's a white (laughs) Italian guy from Brooklyn named Kim Chi. There's a guy just named The Terrorist. That was the resident, just The (laughs) Terrorist. There's also both a Mr. X and a Dr. X, which I... Really enjoy. Uh, another one of my favorite wrestlers is a guy named Eugene. And uh, he wasn't a WCW wrestler. Some of these guys weren't WCW. I just kind of want to talk about them. Eugene was known as a special needs wrestler.
1: What, what flavor of special needs are we talking?
0: The worst flavor. Like if shit was an ice cream flavor, that kind of flavor. Got it. <laughs> so he played like, he would go out there and. Smile real big and give, like, a big thumbs up. And he would make all the noises you were imagining right now, listener.
1: (laughs) I was about to. You caught me right before (laughs) I was going to do it. I was going to do it. Thank you. Thank you for for having more tact than wrestling in 1996. Uh So did they, the special needs wrestler, did they, like, throw him around? Was that the joke? Is we're going to beat up the special needs? No, no,
0: no. This is... This is actually kind of why I like talking about it. Because much like Rain Man, like if you dropped a bunch of toothpicks, he would know exactly how many toothpicks were dropped. Eugene was a wrestling savant. And any wrestling move he grew up watching, he could replicate immediately and instantly. So like you could trick him into thinking the match was over by ringing the bell in the middle of the match and he would like, <laughs> walk away. But if you could keep his focus on wrestling. He could do like Hulk Hogan's leg drop and Randy Macho Man Savage's like second turnbuckle elbow drop. And like he could powerbomb you and headlock you. And he could like really fuck you up.
1: Well, it's good for the heels that all you need to do is turn out an episode of One Piece and that he's incapacitated for the rest of the batch.
0: Yeah, he, he was very, very, he was a very special young man. There was like a, uh, there was, a, there was a NASCAR wrestler named Thurman, quote, Sparky Plug, who would have, like, road rage, and he was, like, too—oh, a- and there was another guy named The Goon, and he was a former hockey player, but he was too violent for hockey, so he had to—so the only thing he could do was join the World Wrestling Federation as a wrestler. There have been several wizards
1: in wrestling? Okay, do the Wizards have like powers, or are they just Mom's Basement Wizards? Well, it depends.
0: Like, okay, so when WCW and Turner Networks bought the rights to the Wizard of Oz, they were like, we want to cross-promote the fact that we own the Wizard of Oz now. WCW booker Dusty Rhodes just came up with a wrestler named Oz. Just a seven-foot-tall man covered in green paint. And the wrestler, Kevin Nash, was like, well, you know Oz is like a geographical location, not a person, right? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, 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 get the green paint on and go out there. And he's like, well, what if I'm a tin man or a lion or anything you might associate with the Wizard of Oz? They're like, no, you're green. You're green like the Wizard of Oz. And he's like, well, the Wizard of Oz wasn't green. Remember, that was an illusion. He was actually just a little guy. And they were like, perfect. So they had Kevin Sullivan put on, like, a rubber mask and wear, like, a pointy wizard hat and, like, hop around and stuff and uh, and kind of be his manager. But then I was watching this thing called, like, The Great American Bash, and they just put Oz up against former football player and wrestling champion Ron Simmons, just a regular guy. And so there's just, like, a regular dude named Ron... Beating the shit out of like a big green giant <laughs> after this g- green giant has come out of a castle that they specially created for this cross promotional purpose that cost a hundred thousand dollars.
1: The network must have loved that. The? the three they spend all this money acquiring this property and then he gets instantly owned
0: by just a random dude. Yeah, he just got instantly owned. And then also they 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 rented monkeys too.
1: Like, um, IRL monkeys? or
0: IRL monkeys. they like, rented IRL monkeys. And, like, we all know monkeys aren't very good at acting. Like, if you ever hear any of the stories of the time of Marcel the monkey on Friends, it's like, they just spend a lot of time masturbating. They spend just a lot of time jerking off. (laughs) So that's kind of, like, the magical style of wizards they'll have in wrestling. But then there's also the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, a clan member wizard. That was the gimmick. He was like, I'm an evil clansman. rah!" And then the audience would be like, well, some of us do like you, though. Um, yeah,
1: wait, wait, what year was this? What year was this? The
0: year 1971.
1: Uh, okay, that's a little more acceptable than, what, 1996, <laughs> that other one.
0: It's a little more acceptable than 96, but let's not forget that, like, it's not very far after... Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated. So,
1: oh, like, shit, you're we're right. We're like,
0: you know, it's, it's not as bad, it's not as good. The grand wizard of wrestling. Goddamn wrestling rules so hard. And then, uh, and then just to let you know that uh, terrible, terrible gimmicks never die, just last year there was a dude named Jose who called himself No Way Jose. And he would come out dancing to a song that just went like, no way, Jose, no way, Jose. And he had a big conga line. And he got the shit beat out of him every time. (laughs) But his whole thing was he was like, I'm no way, Jose. I don't care that I get beaten up so much. I just like to party. Do I care at all about winning wrestling? No way, Jose. No way, Jose.
1: That's in the year 2020. That guy sounds awesome. You don't like the No Way Jose? I want No Way Jose to win, damn it!
0: If you're gonna do a thing with No Way Jose, make him make him party in the morning and murder people at night. Like, don't don't make No Way Jose look like an asshole.
1: Yeah, that's true. I do want to see. Imagine if he ever wins one day, everyone will be shocked.
0: So this has just been a little tour. Through wrestling, I'm really excited about wrestling because now I'm reading my book. It's all about the death of WCW, and oh, my God, I'm having so, so much fun. Listeners, why don't you tell us about some of your favorite wrestlers? You can always leave us a voicemail at 848-863-5343. Speaking of voicemails, we'll be right back after this with some voicemails.
1: shh.
2: It's 17 past the hour, radio drama fans, and that means it's time for The Long Hallway Mysteries. <laughs> Stories of intrigue, passion, and hallways. Brought to you by Fish Filet by Mail. Fish Filet prepared and mailed to your door in under 20 days. Tonight's episode of The Long Hallway Mysteries. Breezeway. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me to your home, Jeremy. Between the bad weather and that murdering psychopath still on the loose, I appreciate the hospitality. Certainly, Francisco. Is the fire warm enough? Oh, yes. Your parlor is so lovely, and you, Jeremy, are so nice and hospitable and non-threatening. I feel so comfortable even knowing that murdering psychopath is still on the loose. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear those words. <gasps> Gasp! A knife? It's you, Jeremy! You're the murdering psychopath still on the loose. Yes, and now I will murder you. No! Stay back! Back away all you like, Francisco. I am! You'll run out of hallway at some point. Stay back, please! Please? No. Stay back! Uh Uh-uh. No way. No way. (gasps) Gasp! The end of the hallway. Yes, and as I continue forward to menace upon you, it will be your doom! (coughs) What a lucky break! That murdering psychopath, who was still on the loose, fell into that hole in the hallway floor. And what a lucky break that I didn't fall through the same hole, even though I walked over it first. I must have weakened it, with my feet. And that's what caused the murdering psychopath, who was until recently on the loose, to fall through. The hole, I mean. Phew! This concludes another riveting adventure in the canon of the Long Hallway Mysteries.
1: Welcome back to The Loudest Podcast. It's the loudest podcast on the internet. It's it's the podcast that gets the best voicemails on the internet. Oh man, you guys, I could tell that you really tried this time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's good. It's not the worst round of voicemails that we've had in, but let, let, let's hop right into it, Asterios. What's striking your fancy today?
0: Oh, well, I, you know, we talked a lot about uh, uh, Rampa last time. This voicemail is called Favorite Dangit Grandpas. Hi,
2: it's Shao again. So um, I couldn't decide on, like, a single favorite Rampa character. So I was like, Ooh. I'll pick one from each game. So um, from DR1, my favorite is Chihiro Fujisaki, or however you pronounce it i'm not too sure because no, that's um great. uh jira's arc's pretty relatable and jira's pretty cool program all that i like programming that's fun and then dr2 it's nagito because i'm basic shut it off shut it I'm off like, hey, Sorry to hit it stop. shut cool it character. off wait what
0: happened what happened what happened
1: shit taste detected <laughs> moving on tell me
0: why you don't like this person's choice
1: uh nagito is the one that we were talking about now uh i I don't think nagito is the worst one you could pick as your husbando but it's definitely not he's not one of the better characters. he's just nuts he's just absolutely bad shit insane he's the one that i think cuts his finger off to spoilers kids he cuts his fingers off and then replaces it with like the hand of the crazy bitch
0: I mean, is he hot? Like, who cares that he's crazy and he's putting. Oh, yeah, he's hot as up. fuck.
1: Well, then come on. You got to get, you know, this, he's hot. What are it you going to do? On what you consider hot.
0: Um, I'm asking you what you consider hot. I don't know what this guy looks like. Oh, all right. Well, this next one's called Algo Chad calls back in. My algo has now lost half of its value. Are you serious? Uh, yes.
2: Hey, it's Algo Chan. Like, if hey, you algo want to.
1: He's Algo Chan. Now. 30, oh, okay.
2: Go for it. It's not really, it's that, it wouldn't really matter if you do it because right now, algo's at 7% up, link's at 9% up, so they're both good right now. If you want to exchange it for something that, you know, if you want to exchange it for link, which might grow a little bit higher, go for it. Personally, I'm still going to stick to algo because even with the dip, my trading power is still above $200. From what I invested, so I'm pretty good right He's now.
1: He's up $200 at Algo Chads. <laughs>
2: also, I'm getting free Algorand. I'm getting free
0: Algorand, so. Is this Algo? Is this Algo? Is this the guy Algo? Is this the guy that made Algorand?
1: It sounds like it might be. How are you getting free Algo? I'm suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like how it was like, well, you could switch the
0: link. I mean it, it it makes more money. And it's like, you know, that's what I'm trying to do, actually. I'm <laughs> trying to make the most money with this stupid bullshit computer money you kids are all getting rich on.
1: Woo Jade Link. Take your top off.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of uh crypto, this next one's called Chadcoin. First of all, just want to say I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> I just <like laughs> that's to- always how I you know- know- I'm sorry short, oh, I'm it's a great to way to start. Buy, which is pretty cool. I recently found this coin called Chad's Coin, and I'm all in. It's serious.
2: This is an investment opportunity of a lifetime. <laughs> let's get rich, and if you want to be a Chad, invest all you have in the Chad's Coin. <laughs> you also, heard the P3 Chad. Text boomer.
0: Why does everyone always say invest all you have? Well, you're always like, max out all your credit cards, just just. To the moon. Can't I just invest a
1: little bit? No, you can't not YOLO. <laughs> Nobody, you've got to go big or go home, go hard or go away.
0: I guess I have to go big or go, all right, fine, buy some chat coins.
1: Chat oh, coin. I'm, I'm into tendies now. <laughs> that's a real thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's T-E-N-D is the ticker, tendies. Everybody invest all your money in tendies. <laughs>
0: This next... Oh, I like this. This next voice is called Sriracha Shows Her Ass Out in Public Yet Again.
2: Hey, guys. Hope you're doing well. I was catching Mm -hmm. up the last couple episodes of the podcast and realized you're right, Sriracha. I I shouldn't be a a dirty little simp just because I'm alone on uh, Valentine's Day. And I never will again. In fact, I will never give money to any women again. Um,
1: (laughs) See where this is going. I guess
2: that means that your half my Patreon money has has to go to Sirius, so... Oh, yeah! Sorry about that, but that's the that's the rules you set down, and that's the game we're gonna play. So if you can just make sure that i been cocked by my own incompetence uh, yet again. Anywho, congratulations on two years in podcasting, episode one hundred and four. Very proud of you guys. Oh, that's Uh, oh my goodness! You play out an episode every week. One hundred and four is when you reach the uh, two year anniversary. So
1: we didn't even realize. Take care. Happy two year anniversary. Happy two-year anniversary. Hey, George. happy two-year anniversary. Happy two-year anniversary, Asterios.
0: <laughs> God damn, this is fun. Oh, and okay, and we have one more voicemail here from, uh, from John Guido. He's the guy who sent us um, Katamari, a game that I was up until like four in the morning playing the other night trying to get the king of the cosmos' approval. I was trying to
1: find a bear that
0: was big enough to shut him up. But I didn't get any sleep, but I really... Oh!
1: Did you find the bear?
0: Yeah, I got a, I got a pretty big bear. This is Big Guido,
2: and I oh. just want to just understand, I want you guys to understand this. Okay. I have spent six months starting with the waifu voicemail, mm-hmm. creating a parody account to gain clout, so then to use <laughs> that clout to talk to Tad from Let Me Tell You About. Capitalizing on mm-hmm. You guys bringing on Michael onto the podcast, to Asterios starting to give money. I have been capitalizing this whole event just to make Asterios and Tad talk to each other and this is Sunday. This is the day after
0: the Colin show. And I just want to say, I win. I win. This took me six months to do, and I win. Now my favorite podcasters talking. Well, I mean, he's he's right. Like, uh, just a t- just a bunch of listeners kept being like, "Oh, you're you're gonna like this show. Let me tell you about. Oh, you're gonna like it." And then I, um, and then we had uh, John from that show on. He's the guy who canonically married his uh, snake girlfriend.
1: I remember that guy.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, the guy from, let me tell you about, called into my calling show over the weekend. It was fun. We got to
1: talk. Well, he is the winner, as you can see. Yeah.
0: Well, thank Wow. Thank you for trying so hard. That's very cool of you. And thank all of you for listening to our show for two years. It's been a fun two years, goddamn. We've had a good time.
1: Everybody get lots of sleep tonight.
0: <laughs> drink water, too. Drink a lot of water. Get a lot of sleep. Don't stay up all night on your phone. Put your phone in another room.
1: Put your phone in another room to charge. And also, when you get up tomorrow, drink a glass of water first thing in the morning. It'll it'll help your jizz not to taste like battery acid.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your jizz tastes terrible, listeners. Um. All right, that's it for the Loudest Podcast. If you ever want to leave a voicemail again, you can always call 848 848- 863 5343, or you can email the loudestpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, First to I'm Komodo saying, talk to you later. Bye!